You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. I almost just said Craig Peters and Steve Morgan. I don't know (laughs) what is happening. It's not even that early. Come on. I know. Let's go. What the heck? I need another cup of coffee, I think. Too much well, early morning Olympics for you. Yeah, right. Um, well, we are here today to talk about all the things going on around the NHL, across in Beijing, and here at home. And I think we should start with that because that was kind of the big thing happening on Monday is that the ASU's new multipurpose arena, which the Coyotes will be playing in for at least the next three years, uh, became available to tour, which you guys got to go tour and see. And I want to hear all about it. Um, how was it? What what were your takeaways? What are you excited about? What are you nervous about? Tell tell everyone about that arena. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> I, I this is I walked in it and my first thought is holy shit, this place is small. <laughs> and and beautiful they showed us what it's going to look like they showed us you know with the seat samples the tile samples the the accoutrements all of it it's going to be a phenomenal building like when you talk about the world of ncaa college men's hockey this building is going to be phenomenal and you talk about a recruit coming to see this building at that location on this campus man it's going to be hard for a kid to say no you walk out and you're right by the football stadium you're looking at the mountain it's gorgeous facilities second to none inside exactly where flip-flops facilities are second to none in the building 20 luxury seats it's beautiful sight lines are fantastic student section phenomenal with a drink rail like what student doesn't want to have a drink rail at their hockey facility and then you imagine the nhl is going to play in this building and you go what the hell is this going to look like how is this going to work i i I, I, I don't know. Craig? Yeah. Uh, I guess I call them flip-flops. I think I think kids today call them sliders. At least that's what my kids call them. So I mean, like flip-flops are still a thing. I think slides are just the things that the youth yeah. is wearing. Slides, sure. Okay. I, I looked at the show notes, too, and I saw Craig and Petey's tour, and I thought we were going to be talking about the fact that we're, we're going out on the road backing up Jimmy. Oh, Eber. yeah. I guess we'll get to that later. Craig's going to call Bell. I'm working on my lyrics. 
<laughs> my second time in that arena, and obviously it looks a lot different than the first time I went and did the virtual tour where it was basically a structure and nothing else. It was just a steel frame. Again, echoing what Petey said, wow, what a what a facility ASU is creating for not only for hockey, but for, for other sports as well. Uh, uh, gymnastics, wrestling will be there. I'm a, a big Zeke Jones fan. He's the coach of the wrestling team, a former Olympian himself. Um, and then they're going to have concerts. They're going to have a lot of other stuff going on there. We didn't get to see the community rink yet, which is going to house a lot of youth programs. They're going to be able to host youth tournaments. So it's a really cool venue. And the idea when ASU built this, and they've said this over and over again, if you talk to Ray Anderson or you talk to Frank Farrar, or you talk to Morgan Olson or Greg Bowers, this is a community asset. That's the idea behind it. When you're, when you're launching a division one program, that costs a lot of money and hockey is more expensive than most for obvious reasons between the equipment and the actual facility that you have to have with an ice plant, but they are going to generate revenue out of this by using it for youth hockey, for tournaments, for concerts, for all those things. So they think it's going to be a real asset to ASU, but also to the community because it's going to be open. And one of the things that they wanted to do, they wanted to remain open to was possibilities. What else could be in this building? So when the Coyotes came to them and said, hey, how do you feel about NHL hockey in this arena? Well, I mean, ASU touts its innovation. And look, the, the way I look at this, it's hard to find the loss for ASU. You can make the argument that for the program itself, they just get the chance to move into their shiny new arena. Now they got to share it with an NHL team. Obviously they don't have to share the team areas, but there's some logistics to be worked out there. And maybe you could argue that they're stealing their thunder a little bit, but from a monetary standpoint, I mean, they're putting 20 plus million dollars worth of upgrades into the arena that ASU gets to keep without having to pay a single dime. That's all coming out of Alex Morello's pocket. Uh, you're, you're, they're, they're also going to be paying them a fee to use this thing on a game-to-game -game basis. We don't know what that fee is yet. That'll come out shortly. Um, they get the parking revenue. They get a lot of money out of this deal, and they're getting it all up front from the Coyotes. So there's no risk for the university. You understand why Morgan Olson, the CFO, Michael Crow, the president, would want to go down this road, even if it inconveniences the hockey program for a little while while the Coyotes are there. Well, the only thing, Craig, and I've talked to people at different teams over the last few days, and everybody that saw the video that we put out on PHNX Sports, they go, really, tell me what it's like. Like, really, what's it like inside there? And I told them about what the feel was and the size and the concerns. And every one of them says, this, they can't believe this shouldn't be happening. What does this do to our league? And can you imagine players like Shane Wright and Connor Bedard playing in this building? And what if you happen to make the playoffs and you're in a building this size? And what about revenue and escrow and all these things? And you know what they say? The last thing they say, every single one of them, can't wait to see a game in it. Can't exactly. wait. Can't wait. I so, talk to a lot of beat writers, as you guys know, and while they 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 all understand the NHL's concerns, look, those look, not the NHL's concerns, uh, executives' concerns, sure. uh, players' concerns. Those are legitimate. They're legitimate. And look, the Coyotes can say they have a model where they're not going to lose any money here. I'll believe it when I see it when they don't have all the associated revenue. But for us getting to go watch a game there for fans who actually get lucky enough to get those tickets. And that's going to be an issue too, right? Yeah. Wow. What an experience it's going to be. It's going to be 100%. unbelievable to watch NHL hockey. I haven't been in a press box that close to the ice. I don't, know. I don't know how long it's been. Maybe since I was at Wisconsin covering college hockey, 
it's it's right on top of the action. Not even Nassau Coliseum is that close. It's going to be unbelievable. And the last thing I'll say about it, there's a perception out there in, in social media and in the internet that, oh, it's going to be full of con- drunk college kids. Like hell, it's going to be full of drunk college kids. There's 5,000 seats, potentially less. That is going to be an absolute premium sports ticket in this town. Yep. And they're not going to be filled with the drunk ASU students. Sorry. And I'm going to hate to burst the bubble. Those tickets are going to be in an absolute premium. And people, I'll say this, there are staff members that get tickets as part of their contract for years and years and years. I cannot see them giving away free tickets to all of the staff people that had in the past had free tickets. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, no freebies. There, there won't be freebies here. But what I wonder is, and, and what I hope they do is, I hope they, I don't know what they're going to do with the student section, for instance, bleacher seating, right? Things like that. Maybe you create an area where those tickets are still at a reasonable price reasonable. So that people can come and see it. Maybe you even keep create a small student section there for ASU yeah. students to come because. We know that they bring energy to any environment they're in. So I hope that they keep some of that in mind. And look, I understand they got to make up revenue. And those are, like like Javier told me in that interview, it's not just lower bowl, it's lower, lower bowl. You're talking about 13 rows. So these are really premium seats that they can charge a lot of money for. I just hope that they allow the everyday fan to get into the arena in some fashion because that's going to be important to maintaining their relationship with their fan base. And then the other thing that I hope they do is create other ways for, for fans to view these games, whether they're right. watching parties outside somewhere nearby, because we all know the issues that Sinclair has created in multiple NHL markets with uh, their lack of rights with, with a number of carriers. It's, it's really hard to watch NHL games in a bunch of NHL markets because of thank you, Sinclair. So the Coyotes need to figure that out. Cause again, they have to maintain that relationship with their fan base while they're in this arena. Craig, do they can they can they fill five thousand seats two years into it when they're one and twenty-two? Absolutely, it's NHL okay. hockey. Absolutely, okay. I think so too. I mean, look at the team now; they're still averaging eleven. Like I think it's eleven thousand. So yeah. I think it's possible. Um, just final thoughts on that. I think it would be really cool even to do maybe like a lottery for college students that you can enter kind of like the Hamilton lottery on Broadway when they would, you know, have a select group that they would lottery off every single day. I think that would yeah, really like that. Exactly. Hamilton, an award-winning Broadway musical or the Coyotes, a last place team, same thing. Um, but I just think it would create some excitement around the team. So excited about NHL that. Stars, right? You still get to see NHL stars. On the other yeah. team. So yep. there's a draw. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So if you haven't um, seen the footage or that video, check it out at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter. Um, Craig and PD got to walk around and see some stuff. And if you haven't checked out Craig's article, the Q&A with Javier Gutierrez, check that out at gophnx.com. Um, a lot of great stuff in there. Um, one other note about the Coyotes. What are the injury updates on Barrett Hayton and Scott Wedgwood? Yeah, they, they both practiced yesterday. Um, and and listen, Bill Armstrong told me last week that Barrett Hayton is on track to play in this Kings game. As long as there are no setbacks, he's probably going to play. They're still taking it easy with Scott Wedgwood. He didn't, he didn't go through the entire practice yesterday, so we'll have to see. But they still have some time before that game. Maybe he's just the backup in that situation, and then he's ready to go on Sunday. I don't know yet, but they both seem to be on track to, to coming back this weekend. For sure. We will keep tabs on that as the Coyotes are technically 
technically off from games this week, but still continuing to practice, which I'm sure is not how anybody saw this originally three-week stretch off going. Um, Kind of a bummer. But moving around the NHL, um, a lot has happened in the last couple weeks since we've even done an around the NHL. Two coaches fired. Um, Dave Tippett fired from Ed- by Edmonton last week. Um, Ducharme fired by Montreal. The records of a team that a new coach steps in, Bruce Boudreau, Bruce Boudreau it was kind of an anomaly, um, won seven games in a row when he took over on December 6th. It tied the NHL record for the longest win streak to begin a tenure with a new team. Edmonton, Jay Woodcroft took over on February 10th, and Edmonton has now won all three games with Woodcroft behind the bench. Montreal, not so much the same. Um, Marty St. Louis took over February 9th, and they've lost their first three games so far with him behind the bench. Thoughts on the coaching changes, on a a new coach changing the vibe? Petey, have you ever been part of, I'm sure you have, a team that got a new coach midway, and, and what is... What is the effect on the room when that happens? You know, it's different. It's different depending on what the coach was like on his way out. It really makes a difference. And the hard thing when I look at these, all of these specific examples is you you look at Bruce Boudreaux came in and just let him play. Go have fun. This is going to be a fun place to play. We're not going to worry about X's and O's or systems. We're just going to go play. Go have fun. And woo, Bruce, there it is. And they won eight games and everything's great. Where are you now? Like, I don't hear him screaming in Vancouver right now. So I want you your, get a bump. Robinson voice there, Petey. Where's yeah, your Messiah now? Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good current reference there, Craig Morgan. Nice. But but um, the, the issue then becomes you get that bump. I've worked with Dave Tippett. I know Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett's a good person. He's a good coach. He's a good player's coach. But at some point, Kenny Holland's got to make a change. You've, you've got to do something different to save his job and save his skin and say, hey, we got to try something. I'm not going to fire myself. We need to try something. So you remove the coach. I know Jay. I know Jay Woodcroft very well. We worked together at the World Cup of Hockey. Jay works really, really hard. Jay's a good hockey guy. Is You know, are they... <laughs> Tippett's more experienced. Tippett has gone through more battles than Jay Woodcroft. So head-to-head as a coaching experience, Jay may be the ultimate in this league at some point. So to say that who's the better coach, it's just about an atmosphere. So the Edmonton Oilers are getting a bump right now, and they're winning some games right now. But unless they solve the core problems of goaltending, defending, and managing the ice time of their top players, they're still going to be where they are. Now, it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be next week, but when it gets time for playoffs, they're still the same team. Montreal? Martin St. Louis is a Hall of Famer. Player. Hall of Fame player. Not a Hall of Fame coach. He was coaching his kid's midget team. So where's his, yeah, when my team's been down, I've battled him through this, I gave this speech. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. He coached your midget team. Like I'm not saying anything against Martin St. Louis and his and his work ethic and how he trains as a player and all the things he's a winner and all those things, absolutely true. But he hasn't coached before, and this is to throw a guy into his first coaching experience and you're coaching a National Hockey League team in Montreal. Yeah. To expect an outcome to be any different than what Dominic Ducharme provided is just it doesn't make sense. It's again, it's the same team. Do you feel like they just made a change because they knew they had to get Ducharme out of there, but this wasn't a change that was necessarily the solution? 100% exactly what they did. Yeah. Dominic Ducharme, he was a he was a lame duck coach. He knew he was leaving at the end of the year 
guys are not listening to his message anymore. He's going to be gone at the end of the year. And anyway, we need to make a change. Martin St. Louis checks a lot of the boxes there. And hey, don't get me wrong. Martin St. Louis is going to work extremely hard here. I'm not saying that he's not going to, or he's not going to bring an element of new work ethic or, or mindset to the Montreal Canadiens. I'm just saying he's not an experienced coach at this level yet. So to expect him to all of a sudden turn this around and they're going to win 10 out of 12, it's just, it's not going to happen. Still the same team. They just traded for Andrew Hammond from the Minnesota Wild to play net for them. Minnesota had buried him in their minors, and now he's been playing games in Montreal. Like There's so many issues beyond their coaching right now that it's not going to be solved by Martin St. Louis. I don't think it was the intention even was to solve it. I just think it was to do something to give that team any sort of change. Um, I don't know if you heard his press conference. Well, first of all, he said that he doesn't see this as temporary. He expects to be there for a long time. And I know he's saying that there's no guarantee. Um, But another thing that he said that I thought was interesting was, you know, he, the difference between like systems and concepts and he wants his players to feel like they can, you know, use their skill and, and not feel like they're trapped in a system. So I just thought that was interesting. PD, I know we talk about systems a lot and system play, but you know, just interesting yeah. to hear his point of view. That's the same message Boost Brudeau gave his players. And, and I'll go back to this again. Boost Brudeau signed a two-year deal, meaning the rest of this year and next year. Jim Rutherford, who came in after the coaching change, there's no guarantee that Boost Brudeau is behind the, this Vancouver Canuck bench on October 15th of next season. As a matter of fact, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say I'll be surprised if Boudreau is the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks going into next season. Where are they at with Montreal and Martin St. Louis? I know he wants to be there. I, I honestly, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Again, Jay Woodcroft, that's a wait and see too. He's under contract in their minor league team. All of these things are temporary fixes for now. I think we'll readdress and reassess as, as this continues on this show. If Martin St. Louis is your choice in Montreal, then you're just admitting, okay, we're going full rebuild and we don't expect to win and we're we're not going to have an experienced coach. That, that's what that says to me. But I also laugh at the idea, you know, when coaches come in, yeah, we need to play. We need to let the players play, let them be free, let them show their skill. Yeah, that lasts about what, PD, five games yeah. before? Yeah, and Bush did it for eight. <laughs> and then start going, okay, how are we going to beat this team? We're playing a team that's better than us. And unless you've got a guy that can put up a game plan that you can believe in, hey, you still might not win, but you got to buy into it. Okay, we're going to do this in the neutral zone. We're going to do this in our forecheck. We're going to try this on the penalty kill. Oh, 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 okay, great. We've got a plan. We can believe in something. There's something to hang on to instead of just going, hey, here's the door. We're going to open it. Go play. I don't know. you got to have a plan, man. Well, you, you just stop believing. Well, you have to imagine that Montreal will – well, actually, you, nothing is – written fully but you'd have to imagine they're going to win under St. Louis eventually soon and if you think that's going to happen soon I'm sure you can lock in Montreal as super underdogs if you want to go for that um, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app Um, and this week the newest promo at DraftKings is new customers can bet one dollar on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if that team wins super simple to do DraftKings Sportsbook existing customers can also bet on NBA with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. Um, safe, It's safe, secure, and reliable. You can withdraw and deposit your cash whenever you want, which was great during the Super Bowl when I bet a bunch of stuff. And then I think I in the end I lost like $2 total, which isn't bad <laughs> considering how many bets I lost. Um, but then I could just quickly take my money out so it was no longer there. So that's 
promo code PHNX at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Bet $1 on any NBA team. Get 150 in free bets. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Also, on what a, what? Se- what a segue. Yeah, betting on... Where's the applause button? P- yeah, PD's normally there with a sound effect on his phone, ready to go. Whoops. Well, well Grumpy PD is out today. Yeah, Grumpy PD hasn't eaten today. Yeah, true. Hangry PD. And, and meanwhile, Craig is just eating his Girl Scout cookies yeah. on camera. On, like, on camera, knowing I'm hungry, and he's just pounding the tree foils. <laughs> What's that? Not oh, oh, sure, I'll take an omelet. Sure. Oh yeah. my God! <laughs> oh Lord. Well, on the subject, sticking with kind of with Montreal and Canada, Tyler Toffoli traded to Calgary by the Montreal Canadiens on Monday for forward Tyler Pitlick, forward prospect Emil Heineman, a first-round pick in the 2022 NHL Draft, and a fifth-round pick in the 2023 NHL Draft. Thoughts on this trade? Did you see that play last night in the Calgary game by Toffoli and Johnny Goudreau? Holy moly. Tyler Toffoli is a goal scorer. So I love this pickup. I, I, this, I love this pickup for a lot of reasons. It, it, and we, we had Brad True Living, uh, or I had a, had him for a Q&A recently because uh, Calgary was in town. And he thought that they were getting back to the game that they had showed earlier in the season before, you know, all the cancellations, the postponements rather, that, that just – sort of put this uh, hitch in the in the middle of their season, but he thought they were back to doing the things that they could do well, and they're, they're actually playing really good hockey. So you reward guys, right? When you think your team has a chance to make a run, you reward them. You add a player, and that really bolsters the dressing room. Tyler Toffoli is a great pickup, with a guy with some some time left. Um, he's shown that he can score. Uh, he, he's got cup experience. And then when you look at what they gave up, I know, you know, people look at the picks, but with Calgary, it's going to be a lower pick. They didn't give up a player off the roster, a significant player off the roster. They didn't give up one of their best prospects either. They kept all of their best prospects. To me, this is a, I, I'm really having a hard time finding something to criticize on the Calgary end in this deal. No, I think it's a great pickup for this team. And, and here's a couple of things. He, pl- he played for played with a lot of these players over his career. He's played coach. for the coach before. And this this coach is a it's an acquired taste for players. A Daryl Daryl can be, and so you know that fit is already going to work. He's got friends in the city. He's got friends on the team. He's a right-handed winger that drives the net and can score. Who doesn't like that? He's 29 years old. The upside is great, and it's, he's a name that's been tossed around the Coyotes locker room prior to the rebuild. Let's put up the red red flag there. Not recently, but prior to the rebuild, Tyler Toffoli is a name that would come up often, and and I always thought he'd be a good fit here in Arizona at the time when, when they were trying to make playoffs and win because he does the things right. Now he, he ends up bouncing around a little bit of late. I think this could be a home for him. I, I really like what the flames did. I like how they're playing. Their high end guys are playing well and they're getting great goaltending man. Don't count this team out to win the Pacific division. We talked about how weak this division has been this season and Vegas, who the hell knows what Vegas is right now. Like we'll talk about them in, in a minute, but cover fans can win the Pacific division. And in playoffs, you need to be able to grind things out. You need to have high-end talent, and you need to have good goaltending. And I think they can check all of those boxes. So it could be an interesting season for the Calgary Flames. 
Yeah, and I don't think they're done dealing yet. I, I think they may be looking for some more depth. I, I, you know, I know they were they were rumored on in on a couple of defensemen as well. So we'll see if they make another move before this is all said and done. This would be interesting. I, it'd be a, a pretty cool story to watch Calgary make a deep playoff run. Yeah, Calgary is hot right now. I think they're now on a seven-game winning streak after the win last night. Right now, second in the Pacific, only behind Vegas. And let's get to Vegas because tonight. Jack Eichel is making his Vegas Golden Knights debut um, after getting surgery November 12th. He will play tonight. Finally, the saga is over. Miraculously right when Mark Stone goes on LTIR. Yep, because we were were thinking, how are they going to make space for this? Um, Mark Stone was placed on long-term injury reserve. Alec Martinez is still on long-term injury reserve. So those are... Temporary solutions until those two come back, but still will be interesting to see how they'll have to shuffle the lineup. But the timing was kind of right for them. Yeah, we say that they are Kucherov-esque moves. Yeah. Maybe the, Patrick Kane. <laughs> exactly. Does this get locked up in the next CBA where you Maybe. can't do this? Yeah, but listen, I don't blame any GM for doing it. While they, I know people complain about it. It's within the rules. Shut up. No, completely agree. It. Completely agree. But but yep. what's funny though, Craig, and here's the fear, is now you've you Stone is still out, and and if if he's ready to come back, you, you've seen some guys, Dadanov is a potential trade bait. Um, there are some players that they may have to move out to make room to have everybody play together if you want to be successful in the playoffs. We talked about the difference of adding a Jack Eichel and a and a Kucherov to Tampa. Kucherov had played there, played with these guys for years, knew the system, knew the coach. It's not Jack Eichel coming into a brand new scenario. If you want to have success as the Vegas Golden Knights, you need to have this roster play together for at least a little while. There's going to be some time to get your lines right. Get your You have played with a brand new player. What's he like? Where's he going to be? You need that anticipation. You need to build that. Well, that's not automatic. And, and this is a team that the Vegas Golden Knights owner expects them to win the Stanley Cup every year. That's what he expects. That's the bar because of their first year they make it to the finals. There is going to be an extreme amount of pressure for this team to win deep in the playoffs this year. And if they don't, there will be changes. Yeah, I, I'm convinced there will be changes if they go out in the first or second round. So you need to get that chemistry together. You better play together. So they're going to have to make some changes by the trade deadline to make it all fit. And they still right now, and we talked about it, Calgary's in second. Actually, Calgary's in first. With the win last night, Calgary's got 60 points. Vegas has 59. And winning percentage, Calgary's at 652. Vegas is 615. They got two games in hand on Vegas. So having said that, that makes a difficult playoff path because you have to have different matchups that they maybe don't want to have. Maybe this isn't the year for the Vegas Knights, or maybe Eichel is the savior they thought he would be. Yeah, you wonder about Mark Stone. You know, when when can he, when will he be ready? Because he's a critical piece of that team. He's a, a phenomenal player. And then, of course, Robin Leonard is hurt right now, and we don't have a timeline on that. There were some rumors out there that they were pursuing Mark Andre Fleury. Those were shot down by McCrimmon. So I don't know. You know, we I guess we'll have more clarity when we find out how Leonard's doing. But clearly, you need elite goaltending if you're going to make that run, and it's going to be tough, tough. To, to sledding in the Western Conference. I don't know who they're going to match up with on the first round. You mentioned their standings. Actually, Calgary just jumped them for first place in the standings yesterday and has two games in hand. So are you are you talking about a first-round matchup with the St. Louis Blues? Not St. Louis Blues, sorry. With Edmonton and, and Connor McDavid? What what are you looking at at this point? I, I think it's, it's always advantageous for you to get as high in the standings as you can with those first-round matchups, even though this is the NHL. But they're going to need those key pieces down the stretch if they hope to do anything 
And they are, like you said, Petey, they're under enormous pressure to win. And the, the window is closing on the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I just checked on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Jack Eichel and uh, plus 200 to score any time in tonight's game. So, hmm. you know, yeah. relatively aggressive and played. Yeah. So if you want to take that, go for that too. Should be interesting. I'll be keeping tabs on that game for sure. Um, another note, Yarmir Yager turned 50. <laughs> Still playing. Still playing for the team he owns in the Czech Republic. It's such a cool story. I, I always hoped that he would stay in the NHL to 50. I, I know that's that's a, like, an incredibly tall order, I'm, but he, he got close. <laughs> like, I'm 25, and I was going to work out last night, and I was too tired. Like, <laughs> how does he do it? Yeah, I get hurt yeah. getting out of bed. Like he I legit pulled my neck muscle. He takes unbelievable care of his body, and that's part of this. But listen, uh, I shouldn't downplay it too much. I mean, he's still playing in the Czech Extra Liga, so it's not like he's not doing anything. It's still not easy. But, of course, it's the team he owns, trying to promote, trying to keep healthy uh, financially. So there's there's all of that behind it as well. But just, I mean, one, one of the best players all time in the NHL, just an incredible story, an incredible interview. I've had so many funny interviews with him when he shows his personality as well. I mentioned one of those on Twitter the other day. You remember Chris Wojcik, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he was PR guy here and with the Coyotes. And and Yager didn't want to talk the day that I, I really wanted to talk to him when the when the Panthers were in town. And Woj was like, just walk with us. Walk with us to the hotel. And you can do the interview on the way. <laughs> and that's when... When Yager, when I was asking him, because he had done like SI and New York Times and like literally every media outlet was talking to him about playing to 50. And he just looked at Woj and he basically accused Woj of not doing his job because he's having to do all these out, uh, various interviews. It was a hilarious moment. But that's that's just who he was. That's who he is. And it's it's really cool to see him still playing. I wonder how long he's going to go with this. Well, it's funny because he's a hockey nerd and he's a guy that yeah. he had uh, reportedly. And this is not reported by me because I never talked to the man, but he had keys to the arena in Pittsburgh and he can go play anytime he wants to. And he would, and he'd go out at midnight. He'd go out at one in the morning to work on something and skate and work on a shot. He was an extremely hardworking player and wanted to be better. I wonder he's already a hall of famer. All of those legacies, all true. One of the best players to play again. True. When you look at his stat line, what happens if he doesn't leave the NHL on three and four different occasions to go play in Europe and he plays all of those seasons? He left the NHL for five years yeah, and then came back. Like what if, what are his numbers like career wise if he stays in the national hockey league during that entire time? And now to, to think that he's still friggin' playing I mean, and, and not just playing like there are, there are Shane Doan still plays once in a while at beer league, but, that's not this. He's playing like he's playing, playing at, at 50 years old. That's absolutely impressive with the speed of this game and how quick and how young players are testament to, to what he does to his body and, and, and good for him. And I hope he keeps going. Also, this didn't make our rundown, but I have to bring this up. Sidney Crosby scored his 500th uh, career NHL goal last night. Um, the whole team actually left the bench and came to the ice to celebrate which is just an incredible moment. It's so insane to comprehend actually now how long he's been in the league um, and the success that he's had. So I know it doesn't come up often, but I do have some Penguins fandom in my history, which I know um, isn't everyone's cup of tea, but I thought that was a really special moment last night. 
Well, he's a long way to go. He's a 46th all time in, in goals in the national hockey league history. But what, again, it's an amazing story about a guy that takes this game to a different level than other players in his preparation, the way he sees the game, the way he approaches games, he is different. And we talk about, I don't know the comparison people are going to be all over me on this, but Tom Brady, the way he approaches football is similar to how Sidney Crosby approaches hockey. It's a constant learning, thinking, and it, he's always looking to improve and be better. He does it on how he affects his body, how he practices and how he plays. And so it's a testament to him and how well his career has gone and how much more he has yet to do. I know Sid, Sid's going to be a hall of famer. There's that's obvious to everyone. What, what, I don't know if you guys think about this, but like, is there a cutoff for you in terms of production or uh, what, what are the factors when you think about hall of fame? <laughs> hall of fame to me is so hard because you look at players and they talk, well, how many games he played? And then, oh, how many goals did he get? Then, then the big one, he hasn't won. Well, he hasn't won. Well, he didn't win. Didn't win a cup. Is that is that the bar? Is that your fault? Or is it, a, is it part of the 19 other players around you and the coach and the general manager? It's not my fault. Hell, I played as hard as I could for, for as long as I could, as good as I could. I didn't win. Does that keep you out of the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I think the cup thing enhances an argument, but I don't, I'm not going to like eliminate someone if they didn't win a cup, if they had a spectacular season, like 500 goals is a sort of a benchmark for me for, for the hall of fame. I I think you got to get there. You know, if you're, if you're a forward, at least Um, there are other benchmarks that we can look at in terms of points, but I don't want that to be the, the only way that you uh, judge a player either. I I heard uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman talking about this the other day, a guy like Patrice Bergeron, when you look at his numbers, you're not going to say, oh, my God, what a what an unbelievable career he had. But in my mind, there is no question that Patrice Bergeron is a Hall of Fame player. He's, he has won a cup, but he's been probably the def- best defensive forward of this era, certainly maybe ever. So you need to take that into account. And he has an impact on every game. I, and, and he has longevity, too. To me, that that has to come into it as well, your impact on the game. And one more thing, we're talking about goal scores and 500 goal scores and Arizona Coyotes and Hall of Fame. When you go down the list of scores in the National Hockey League history, the first name that you come to that is not in the Hall of Fame that is eligible, that is not in the Hall of Fame that has scored 500 goals or more, is Keith Kachuk. Yep. Everybody before him and after him is in, and he is not. Interesting. He belongs in. I think Keith Kachuk belongs in the Hall of Fame. The three after him are all in Frank Mahoblich, Marian Hosa, and Brian Trottier. And he comes in right now at number 33 all-time scores in the National Hockey League with 541 goals and is not in the Hall of Fame. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't really put that thought in of what, you know, makes someone a Hall of Famer, but I would agree with the takes both of you had. And we can also talk more about that when the next Hall of Fame class comes up as well. Um, Craig, what do you have coming up? on gophnext.com this week. I've got my prospects report uh, for this month. So I'm going to be discussing Ivan Prozvitov, Carson Bantle, who's playing right now at Wisconsin, and Sam Lipkin, who is playing for the USHL factory that is the Chicago Steel that also produced Josh Doan. So those are the three guys that I have coming. Awesome. Well, 
if you want to check out that story and all of the other stories on the website, become a member today at gophnx.com. You can sign up for your membership, get a shirt when you do. You can do month to month and get your first month just 50 cents. There's some incredible shirts at the PHNX locker. Members get weekly deals on merchandise as well. There's a brand new sun shirt that's phenomenal. The suns are phenomenal. So, you know, the Coyotes, maybe not great, but there's a lot to be excited about here in the Valley, so check that out. Um, if you missed it, we had NHL prospect analyst and draft expert um, Chris Peters on our show yesterday, so if you haven't watched that yet, do so either on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and on Friday, we'll be diving a little bit more into prospect stuff because you know we're just over halfway through the NHL season and the Coyotes are where they are, and it's time to look toward the future. So that's what we're doing and continuing to do. Before we head out here, really quickly, um, the Olympics are going on right now. Canadian men eliminated. U.S. men eliminated. Um, so that begs the question, with the Canada and the U.S. eliminated, who do you cheer for? Going forward, Sweden, Finland, Slovakia, Russia, um, Craig. <laughs> what? Olympic, Olympic oh, excuse committee. me, the delegation no, from That's Russia. punishing him for cheating. Is, well, never mind. That's a whole yeah. different show. I, you um, know, and I'll, I hate to say this, Leah, HK. Like, really HK. Like, when you watch the game today, and I, I don't know who had a chance to watch the Americans play Slovakia, and you look and you go, who? Huh? What? Like, wait, wait, wait? Like, I know we wanted to see Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. That's what we wanted to see. Sorry. And and, and I, I still watch the tournament and you put on a USA jersey on anybody, I'll watch them play. You can go do it at the Ice Den tomorrow and you put USA versus Canada of senior men over 50s. I'm watching and I'm rooting for Team USA. But to say that any, is this a shock? Or like, really, like, wow, this is the biggest upset in sports. Slovakia beat them. Okay. They had seven college kids. They had, they're the youngest team in the tournament. Like, is it a big, is it a big, big upset? No, somebody and, and maybe they're making a movie. I don't know. Maybe Slovakia has got the miracle movie part two coming. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody tweeted to me that the world is catching up. And I was like, uh, oh, come on. You know, how they, they literally took the 23 players that were literally available. That's who they took. Who yeah. could play? Who was yeah. available to play? But USA, Canada women tonight, well, ten, tonight at 11 10 p.m. Eastern time. So that'll be nine o'clock tonight, Arizona time. That is the game. So that's that best I'm on best. At least I can. Yeah, you're right. That's best on best. So yes. And, and put on our surprise face that it's another USA Canada final. Can we just, <laughs> could we just book it? Could we have just booked it? Saved ourselves that the six days of trouble and just booked it. Yeah. Cause those two teams are elite. And I tell you what, Canada right now in, in women's hockey in fuego with this tournament. USA is going to have their hands full tonight. I'm worried. I'm picking all of my pom poms, but I'm worried. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, though, because like you said, the the men's tournament isn't what we all thought it would be, but the women's that's the best women in the world. So so that'll just be phenomenal. I can't wait to watch that. I'll be staying up to watch that for sure. Um, a lot of exciting nine Leah staying up. It's nine, 9 p.m. Yeah, you're gonna stay up to watch it? Like really? No, you're like, gonna, usually, like I have to stay up to watch it. No, like it goes till like bed at eleven. It goes till at least eleven, eleven thirty. That's late. Right. That's late. Right. I'm tired. <laughs> eating, 
He and I'll take naps today. Yeah, for, take a pregame sure. nap. Pregame nap. Oh, no, You'll just sure. wake up at your at four a.m. tomorrow, the normal time. You wake up watch and watch curling. the highlights on your phone. It's <laughs> true. I was up today at five watching women's oh, curling. And by the way, the men's and women's USA teams both lost and are looking to be eliminated from medal contention. Oh man! All right. Well, um, exciting show coming tomorrow. Yes. There will be not one, not two, not three, but four French bulldogs in our studio tomorrow live at 12 30 on the phnx sports youtube channel if you're on at work perfect for your lunch hour um there are a lot of french bulldogs in the coyotes organization and they will be making an appearance live on our show this is a show we recommend you watch on youtube and do not listen as an audio episode so if you can't watch it at 12 30 when you go back go back to watch it on the phnx sports youtube channel we are super excited it's gonna be it's going to be chaos. Don't wear good shoes for this one. <laughs> PD is in charge of picking up poop. PD Pooper Scooper <laughs> Peters. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that job task I've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we, we hope that doesn't happen. But um, be sure, for, oh my gosh, be sure to tune into that tomorrow um, on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you want to vote in the poll, if you have any rooting interest in the men's Olympic tournament, there's a poll at phnx underscore coyotes on twitter we are still working towards that 3,000 follower benchmark so pd will do a tiktok dance what am i doing now singing i'm dancing no craig's singing you're dancing phnx sports on tiktok it's just pd dancing okay all right that's what it says on twitter so uh, you know we'll talk about it we gotta follow the rules because people are stickler for the rules out there you know very true also the maple syrup the maple syrup thing is still on the table. I don't want anyone to think that. And we the, goat farm. the goat farm. And the goat farm for Michaela. So stay tuned. A lot of exciting stuff ahead. We'll have another audio episode Friday post game show back this coming Saturday. And I uh, think that's it. So be sure to follow at PHNX underscore coyotes on Twitter. And we will see everybody tomorrow at 1230 for the French Bulldog Spectacular. I can't wait. I'm bringing the bag of bacon. <laughs> All right, we'll see everyone tomorrow.